0: Now, my plan, my plan was to give you the three things that he specifically asked for, and uh, I may share them with you tonight, but uh, by the time I got through with the the very first one, the very first prayer request, we was already two pages in, so I didn't think we'd get time, uh, so we'll just cover one at a time, uh, or maybe the other two next week, however we want to do that. But let's look in Colossians chapter number one, and we'll begin. It says in verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you. Since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. Now, let's take the next three, the next three verses. This is what we want to talk about tonight, okay? Verse number nine. He begins to tell them, uh, about praying for them and what he prayed for. He says, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, heard about their salvation and their placing their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the church forming there in Colossae. Since we heard of that, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering. And joyfulness. Okay, so let's, let's read those three again. Let's read those three again real slow and just listen to them. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Now, and this is what we're praying for. To desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and under spiritual understanding... That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing, here's that word again, in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. All right. Well, let's pray and we'll, we'll jump right into our study this evening. Okay. Lord Jesus, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for time and your word. Uh, Lord, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that no matter what, everything's okay in the father's house. Lord, one day we're going to see you in person. One day, our faith is going to end in sight. When we see you eyeball to eyeball, Lord, we're going to be able to experience you and your glory and your presence. And and Lord, I, I thank you for that hope, the blessed hope that we have for that being there. Lord, I pray that you'll bless tonight. I pray that you'll encourage your saints, strengthen and edify uh, Lord, we have our work cut out for us. Uh, we have an agenda that we need to fulfill, uh, a will, a purpose, a desire, a decree, a determination that you've given us as your children, as you've given us as your disciples, followers of you. And Lord, I pray that you'll move on us tonight. We need your Holy Spirit. We need you to guide every word that's said tonight, everything that's done tonight. We need your divine presence, Lord. We need you to illuminate the hearts and the minds of all those that are watching and listening by way of the internet tonight. I pray that you'll open their eyes. I pray that they'll see things in your word they've never seen before. I pray for your perfect will, Uh, Lord, move and guide and direct us tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you so much for your presence. Lord, I pray that every single person in every single place that's watching this tonight, that they can feel a touch from glory. I pray that they can feel a touch of your presence as we study. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen, I want you to say amen right where you are. All of God's people say amen. Say amen in the living room, in the car, wherever you're watching, you just give him praise right there. Now, here's the thing. We got three verses that we were were looking at. And he said, I'm praying for you. Uh, he's wanting these people to know, remember, remember Paul's in prison in Rome. Uh, he's never seen these people before. He has just gotten word about uh, uh, who they are uh, and what they're doing and, 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 and the faith that they have. And so he has been praying for these people and praying that God would bless them in specific ways and desiring uh, certain things for them. And, and we see in these three verses, uh, verse number nine, 10, and 11, uh, first you see he wants an increase in knowledge. All right. Say that right where you are. Okay. An increase in knowledge. Now, uh, the next two verses you're going to find that he wants an increase in productivity. Now that's not in your notes tonight. Uh, we, we didn't get to that. So we'll, we'll cover that next week. Lord's willing. But I want you to, I want to just give you these three while you can think about it this week. Okay. He, he prayed for an increase in knowledge. And then verse 10, he prayed for an increase in productivity, fruitfulness. All right. Uh, every good work. Then in verse number 11, verse number 11, he said, I want you to increase in strength. I want you to increase in power. All right. Uh, so you could basically say this. Uh, verse number nine is what we know. Uh, verse number two is what we do. And then verse number three, or the third verse is 9, 10, 11. Verse nine is what we know. He wants to increase what we know. Uh, verse 10 is he wants to increase what we do. And he wants us to understand what we have, his strength and his power. He, wa- he doesn't want us to stay weak. He wants us to have power. He wants us to experience the power of God in our life, in our work, and our living, in, in our daily walk. And so these things are, th- these three things are so important. And Paul is praying that God would increase these things in their life. Now, we're going to go into detail, uh, Lord's willing, about the first one. All right. And and then next week we'll cover the other two or just one at a time, depending on how much information we get. So now let's let's go back. Let's go back to verse number nine and let's talk about knowledge. What is knowledge? It's just knowing, knowing it means to know. It means, you know, something if you have some knowledge, you know, something, you know, some information. And this is what he's saying. Look in verse number nine. He says, "For this call and and and, and uh, Dustin, if you don't care, turn that heat down some. It's getting a little toasty in here. All right. I know it was kind of chilly last week, but it's it's a little it's a little warm tonight." Verse nine. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, watch this. What he says? Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be what's that word right there? That ye might be filled, filled. All right filled with the knowledge of his will. He wants your knowledge to increase the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Now watch this right here, increasing, increasing. So we have filled with the knowledge of his will, then increasing in the knowledge of God. So here's what, if you, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, He's praying for an increase in knowledge. Okay. Uh, After you are saved. Now keep this in mind. He's talking to a young congregation. He's talking to a very, very young uh, group of believers. They are new to the faith. They are new in their walk with Christ. And he is telling them, listen, salvation is not the end of the deal. Salvation is not the final. It's just the beginning. That's where your walk begins. That's where your walk starts. And and for these new believers, for these these new babes in Christ, if you will, Paul is saying, I want you to increase in knowledge. You need to know some things, boy. I'm telling you what we're living in a day today where you need to know some things. You need to have some knowledge. You need to know your Bible. You need to know the Word of God. And and so we have a prayer request. That they would increase in knowledge. Now, here's two things I want to give you underneath that. First, I want you to see what to know. What do you need to know? All right. What do you need to know? Uh, uh, First, he says this. A knowledge of God's will. He said, I want you to know. I want you to be filled. And by the way, by the way, keep this in mind. The word filled here means controlled by for instance, if, if, if you, you see this person was filled with rage, that means, that means that they were controlled. Their emotions were controlled by their anger or that person was filled with fear. Their, their emotions was controlled by the fear that they had. Uh, it's like a the air in a in a sailboat in the sail. It's controlling. It's moving. It's influencing Uh, that particular boat, it's the, the air has filled the sail and moving influencing. Now he's saying, I want you to be filled. I want you to be controlled by the knowledge of his will. I want, I want you to know the word. I want you to know some stuff. I want you to know some knowledge, some information that will control your life, that will guide your life. And so here's what I want you to see. The word will, let's look at that, let's break that down. The word will, the definition of will. The word will means a choice, a purpose, decree, desire, command, or direction. In other words, if, if if you are knowing God's will, you are knowing his purpose, his choice, his decree, his desire, his command, or his direction for your life. So what is he saying? He's saying the first thing we need to understand, we need to know God's will. We need to know God's will. Now, some people have this idea that God's will is something spooky or or uh, hard to figure out or or we're going to simplify all that tonight. So so, man, you're, you're in luck for tuning in tonight to figure out God's will for your life. OK, so let's just let's just take it one step at a time. OK, now, so we know that Paul said you need to know God's will. The things that you need to know, you need to know God's will. So the first thing we need to know is a knowledge of God's purpose for our life. Okay. We need to know a knowledge of God's purpose and not necessarily just for our life. Just in general, we need to know a knowledge of God's purpose. Now I I wrote this down. I found this a long time ago and it kind of stuck. So I, 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 I thought it would really fit here. Some, someone once said that peace Peace is the deliberate adjustment of my life to the will of God. Now think about that. That's great. Peace, my peace, my peace is going to be determined by my placement, my life into the direct will of God. If you want to have peace in your life, get in God's will. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you're not going to have problems. I'm not going to say it's not going to be difficult. I'm saying you're going to have peace. God's going to give you power. God's going to give you the ability. He will give you peace in the midst of a storm. Peace in your life is directly linked to where you are in your life with the will of God. Preacher, I just don't have no peace. Maybe you're not in the will of God. Maybe you're not where you're supposed to be. Maybe you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe you're not accomplishing what you're supposed to be accomplishing. If you're living in a a lifestyle that has no peace, uh, listen, if, if you have uh, uh, no sense of 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 harmony, maybe you're not where God wants you to be. And I'm not saying in place as far as physical place. It could be that. But I'm talking about in your spirit, in your spiritual walk, in your spiritual life. So let's let's do this. Let's break this down. Let's make it real simple. Let's talk about God's will. Let's talk about what is God's will. What is God's will for the for the, the individual What is God's will for the individual? Let's look at a few things. Now, I want you to see this. Why is this important? Well, first, Paul said, that's what I'm praying for. So we we know that it was enough for the apostle, uh, probably the greatest missionary that ever walked on this planet. Uh, It was it was very important to him that he would pray for that first. It was a priority that he would pray this for these new believers and these new Christians. But watch what this says. In first Peter chapter number four, the Bible says for as much then in verse four, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. What does that mean? The moment you get saved, you should no longer live to the lust of men or the desires and the wants of men. I I don't live to what I want anymore. I don't live according to my desires anymore and, and my appetites and my preferences anymore. Once I got saved, I have an obligation. I have a responsibility to live according to the will of God, to live according to his direction, to live according to his determination for my life, to to live according to his commands for my life. Are y'all with me to his direction for my life, his desire, his purpose. His choice. Now let's just let's let's like like I said, let's simplify it. What is God's will for my life? Now here's what I, here's what here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. <clears throat> you ever heard the phrase "When you don't know what to do, do what you know"? If you've never heard it, write it down. When you don't know what to do, do what you know. All right. Now what I'm going to share with you tonight, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be able to tell you whether you should be a missionary in, 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 Kazakhstan tonight. All right. That's not, that's not, that's not going to happen. And there are way too many people that, that, that take wrong, uh, signs in their life. I, I heard a missionary one time that said he got a, 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 he was putting up plywood in the house he was building and it said made in Brazil. So he took that as a sign that God wanted him to be a missionary in Brazil. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Listen, that's not that's not what I'm saying tonight. I'm saying this. When you don't know what God wants you to do, do what you know, do what you know he wants. And that's what I'm going to give you. The most simple, the most simplified steps in God's will. All right. So let's look at this first. First, what do we know? What do we know? According to God's word, what his will is first it's salvation. Write that down. It's salvation. The very first thing he wants for you in your life. Now we're starting from scratch, guys. We're, we're doing we're, we're, we're oversimplifying this. We're, we're, we're being as elementary as we can because we don't want to miss anybody. We want to get everybody in on this deal tonight. So for every person that's watching this, 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 this broadcast, for every single person, I'm telling you right now, it is God's will for you to be saved. God wants you to be saved. Jesus died for you. Jesus shed his blood for you. What, where, where do we get that? Look what it says. First Timothy two, four, who will have all, how many, all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. It is God's will for all men to be saved. Will they all be saved? Absolutely not. Cause they won't bow to him. They won't repent. They won't turn to him. But he wants them to be saved. His will for their life is to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But then it says in 2 Peter 3 9, The Lord is not slack concerning this promise, as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to usward. Watch this. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What does that mean? It is his will that you be saved. Now so, if we're gonna, if we're gonna do a checklist, if we're gonna do a checklist tonight to know God's will, to be filled with the knowledge of His will, the very first thing we can check off the list that we know is God's will is God wants you to be saved. If you're not saved tonight, I hope you trust in Him. I hope you repent and turn from your sin and turn to your Savior and say, God, forgive me of my sin, save my soul, repent, and I promise you, He'll save you tonight. But you got to be saved. That's the first thing. Now, what are we doing? What are we doing? There's so many things that we don't know. So we're going to lean on what we do know. So what do we know? God wants us to be saved. So number one, salvation. Say it right where you are. Say it right where you are sitting. Say it there. We know it's God's will. We know it's God's will for me. Number one is salvation. Okay? Now watch this. Secondly, or be however you're writing your outline. We know not only is salvation God's will for my life, but we know being spirit filled. We know being spirit filled is God's will for my life. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five, verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It said, don't be dumb. Don't be unwise. Know what the will of God is. Now watch this. Watch what he says. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit, be filled with the spirit. What does that mean? He puts, uh, puts, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. When you're drunk with wine, you're influenced by the alcohol. When you're filled with the spirit, you're influenced. The spirit has power over you. That's why you say when somebody's uh, drunk, they'll say, well, that's just the alcohol talking. Uh, the behavior, the behavior that they perform that's the alcohol, that's the alcohol in them influencing what they say, influencing what they do. Well, to be filled with the spirit means I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to influence what I say, to influence what I do, to influence where I go. God wants me to be spirit filled. The moment I got saved, The Holy Spirit took up residence into my soul, into my heart, into my life. I had the indwelling of the Spirit in me. The moment you get saved, you receive uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He indwells in you, but then he wants you to submit to him. He wants you to surrender to his leadership. He wants you to submit to his guidance and his direction in your life. And it is God's will for you to be filled with the spirit. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to be led by him. He wants to guide you in your life. He doesn't just want you to be saved. He wants you to be submitted to his spirit, to surrender to his spirit, to his guidance and his direction in your life. If you want to have more power in your life, if you want to have more peace in your life, if you want to have more success in your life, if you want to have more uh, 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 happiness in your life, submit, surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I'm not in control anymore. I mean, it's the old adage, Jesus take the will." Literally, you're asking the Holy Spirit to guide you your complete complete life be, be, be filled with the spirit. So I, I, I don't know everything about God's will for your life, but I do know he wants you to be saved and I do know I do know he wants you to be spirit filled. He wants you to be submitted to the spirit. Now remember what we're doing remember what we're doing tonight uh, when we don't know what to do, we're doing what we know. okay So according to scripture, According to scripture that I have given you tonight, we know that that God wants you to be saved. So you can mark that off the list. God wants you to be saved. Listen, when it comes to God's will for your life, he wants you to be spirit filled. We just we just learned that here in Ephesians. But then see, he wants you to be sanctified. Sanctification. Sanctification is God's will for your life. The Bible says in First Thessalonians 4, 1. It says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye abstain from fornication. That's that's unlawful sex. That is sex outside of marriage. God wants you to be pure and holy. Sanctification just means clean. God expects you to live holy. God expects you to uh, pursue righteousness in your life, right living. Now, I'm not talking about salvation righteousness that God imputes to your account. I'm talking about clean living. God expects you to to walk right and talk right. He expects you to treat your fellow man right. He expects us to walk in righteousness. He expects us to, he said, be ye holy for I am holy. He cares about what you do. As a Christian, it is God's will for you to live like you're supposed to live, live a separated life, live a holy life committed and dedicated unto him. That's God's will. No question about it. We don't even have to. We don't even have to even wonder about that. You remember when we don't know what to do, do what we know. When we don't know what God's will is, we do know it's salvation. We do know number two that it's to be spirit filled. We know number three is to live a sanctified life, to live according to the scriptures and try our best to follow the word of God to the letters best that we can to to live Christ like to live godly in this present ungodly world. So let's start. Let's 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 work on them three. Let's work on them three. All right. Number four or or D. Some of y'all ain't going to like this one. But we know that it's God's will not only for salvation, not only to be spirit filled, not only sanctification. But watch this submission to government. Submission to government. First Peter two, verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. This means laws, rules, laws. That every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or under governors or as under them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. This is this would be military or police and for the praise of them that do well. Watch this now. For so is the will of God. That with well doing. ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. What's he saying? Peter saying you need to be a good citizen. It is God's will for you to be a good citizen. You don't always have to like the mayor. You don't always have to like the governor. You don't always have to like the president. You don't don't always have to like the senators. But according to scripture, we have to follow the law. And we have to be good citizens. Listen, God's will is for you to be saved. God's will is for you to be spirit filled. God's will is for you to be sanctified. Sanctification, clean living. That's just just put it that way. Clean living. God wants you to live right. Then God wants you to treat your neighbor like they need to be treated. That's being a good citizen. That's following the law and being an example for others to follow. I don't like this one. Sometimes it's God's will for us to suffer. Sometimes it's God's will for us to suffer. First Peter 2:30, or excuse me, First Peter 2:21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. He just got through talking about suffering. Now he's saying that that was our example. He suffered. He suffered, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps. First Peter 4:19. If that's not clear enough, First Peter 4:19. Wherefore, let them that suffer, watch this, let them that suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You know, you have people that run around on TV and in and, and charismatic circles saying, if you're suffering, you're not in the will of God. That It's not God's will for anybody to suffer. That If you're suffering, you you don't you're not right with God. Well, that's not what this verse says, and you couldn't you couldn't tell that you couldn't tell that to the the, the disciples and the, the early apostles who who were martyred for their faith and martyred for their belief. Some boiled in oil, some skinned alive, some sawn in half, some were beheaded, and some were crucified. Sometimes it's God's will for us to suffer so people can see Jesus in us listen, don't, don't look down. He said, look to him, look to him. When you have to suffer, when you have to struggle, when you have to have issues in your life, that's painful. He said, look, if you're suffering according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him and well doing, just know that he's going to bring you through it. And just know he's got a plan for everything you face. And then lastly, I don't know how in the world I couldn't find an S word for this one, but it is God's will for us to be saved, salvation. It is God's will for us to be spirit filled. It is God's will for us to be sanctified, clean living. It is God's will for us to submit to government, be a good citizen. It is God's will for sometimes for us to suffer for his name's sake. But then the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians five eighteen, in everything, not now, now keep in mind, it doesn't say for everything. It says in everything, in everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Preacher, what do we do? We just went down a laundry list of what we know is God's will. You see, we found in the scriptures what God said specifically he wanted for us. He specifically said he wanted you to be saved. He specifically said he wanted you to be spirit filled. He wanted you to live sanctified. He wanted you to submit to government. Be a good citizen. Be an example. Listen, he gave you an example of suffering. Sometimes it's the will of God for us to go through some painful situations. But then he said this. In all of those things. In them not for them, but in them. Listen, I'm, 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 I can't say I'm thankful for the election. I mean, it, things just this year has just gone crazy, not really gone the way I wanted it to go, but I can say this in this election, in the inauguration, in this week, in the pandemic, In all the chaos, I can thank God that he's not let me down. I can thank God he's never uh, left me. He's never forsaken me. He he has met my need after need after need after need. He has supplied. He's given me peace. uh, He has given me direction. He has given me desire. And I can thank God in all this garbage that God has still been good. And that's God's will that I be thankful, that I be thankful. Now, I don't care what your life is. I don't care what you're going through. It does not matter. You can find something to be thankful for and be thankful in your situation. Be thankful in whatever it is that you're facing. I didn't say for. I said in it, in it, no matter what you're in, you need to be thankful to the one who will save you when he asks, when you ask him to, Amen. So those those are the the most simplified things that we know is God's will for your life. Now, why am I saying it that way? I don't know if it's God's will for you to be a preacher. I don't know if it's God's will for you to be a teacher. I don't know if it's God's will for you to be a painter or a plumber or a ditch digger or or whatever it might be. But I do know. It is God's will for you to be saved. I do know it's God's will for you to be spirit-filled. I do know it's God's will for you to be sanctified, clean living. I do know it's God's will for you to be submitted to the authorities that's over us, be a good citizen. I do know it's God's will sometimes for us to suffer. And I do know it's God's will for us to give thanks. Now, if you're struggling with God's will, start with those. Start with those. Go to the top and say, am I saved? Do I know God as my savior? And listen, go down that checklist and focus, focus on those things. Focus on those things till you get all the way down to the bottom. And then here's the second thing that's going to help you know the perfect will of God for your life. First is knowing his will. Then what's the best way to know his will after the things that we already know? The elementary things. He said, Increase, increase in the knowledge of God. Not only are you to know God's purpose, but watch this. You are to know God's person. God doesn't just want you to know what He wants out of you, He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know Him. And the closer you get to Him, the easier it is to know what he wants for you. The easier it is for you to know his preferences. The easier it is for you to know his desires for your life. Listen. This is, this is good. This is going to help somebody right here. Watch this. Now, look what he says in verse number, verse number 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Watch this now. Here, read it with me. Increasing in the knowledge... Of God. All right. Now we said, we said that there's two things that you need to know. There's two things that you need to increase in your knowledge. What does know means or, or knowledge. It means to know stuff. Okay. So I gave you a bunch of stuff about his will that, that you could just check off. Just go down that list. Really elementary, really simplified. Go down that list. Now he's saying, I don't want you to just know God's will. I want you to know God. I want you to know him. I want you to know his person. I'm not saying no about him. I'm saying know him, Know him. This is so important. This is so important. Look, look what it says. Look what it says in John chapter number five, Jesus is talking. Jesus is talking. Uh, 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 Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and, and, and the religious crowd that's hating on Jesus. And they're wanting to kill Jesus and to destroy Jesus. And Jesus said, if you was to know the word, you would know me. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. John 5, 38. Now watch what he says about this religious crowd. Ye have not his word abiding in you. You don't have this. You don't have the scriptures. You don't have the scriptures abiding in you. Now watch what happens. For whom he has sent, talking about Jesus. Jesus is saying the father has sent him. And because you don't have the word abiding in your heart, him, ye believe not. Now, what does that mean? Because they didn't know the word, it was not abiding in them. They missed the Savior. Do you get that? They missed the Savior because they didn't have the word abiding in their heart. The Messiah was standing right in front of them and they couldn't even see him. Watch this. Watch what Jesus says about those scriptures. Verse 39. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they, the scriptures, they are they which testify of me. He said you're you're, you're carrying those scriptures around uh, like it's a security blanket. And if you would just look in them, you would find me. You would recognize me. You would know I am who I say I am. If you had God's word in your heart, abiding in your heart, you would recognize the Messiah that the father has sent. But because you didn't know the word, you didn't recognize Jesus because you didn't know the word. You didn't have the word. You didn't recognize God. Oh, but preacher, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. These people, they're all about God. They're all about God. They're very religious. They 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 have a, they have a zeal of God. But what you know what Paul said about that? Paul said, but not according to knowledge. Not according to knowledge. What does that mean? They made up a God of their own. Yes, they said they bowed to God and they followed God, but it was not the God of the Bible. It was not the God of the Bible. They didn't have God's word abiding in their heart, so they didn't even know God. They had a they created a God in their own mind. The God they followed was not the God of the Bible. The God they prayed to was not the God of the Bible. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. The Bible says that Paul, referencing his people, they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. They don't know the God of the Bible. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you need to get this. If you don't get anything I say tonight, you need to get this. God is not who you think he is. God is not who you feel he is. God is not who somebody told you he was. God is who this Bible says he is. And you say, why is this so important? Why are you getting so animated about this? Because listen, when you create a God of your own making, You create a God who you think he is, who you want him to be. We've got modern day religion today is conforming God to their lifestyle. They're making God out to be whatever they want it to be. They're not going to the scriptures and finding out what the scripture says about God. They don't don't know what the word says about his preference. They don't know what the word says about his character. They don't know what the word says about his holiness. They just know what they think or what they want him to be. And in their mind, they've created a God. Yes, they have a God, but not according to knowledge of his word. The only thing we have on this planet to tell us anything about who God is is found in God's holy word. And if what you think God is or what you feel that God is cannot be backed by this word, it is a God of your own making and that's nothing more than an idol. Preacher, what are you getting at? Listen, if you put your hand on a Bible and you're sworn in by a Bible and you turn and you sign documents that go completely contrary against what that Bible says. You don't know the God of the Bible. Don't tell me you're a man of faith. Don't tell me that you know God. You would know a God that you've created. Because if you knew the God of the Bible, you would not make it easier to kill babies. You would not make it easier to be a pervert and live in a perverted lifestyle. There's no way that you could do what you do with knowing the God of the Bible. If you knew the God of the Bible, you'd be trembling in your shoes. If you knew the God of the Bible, you wouldn't be shacking up and coming to church and expecting everybody to be okay with it. If you knew the God of the Bible, you wouldn't live a lifestyle that's contrary to his word. Have some knowledge. God says, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. God is not who you feel he is. God is not who you think he is. God is not what some liberal or some politician or some actor, some Hollywood starlet says that you think God is. God is the God of the Bible. He is what the Bible says he is. He is holy like the Bible says he is. He is a God of justice. He's a God of righteousness. He's a God of judgment. One day he's going to come and he's going to restore everything. The God of the Bible. Don't tell me what you think he is. Or what you feel he is. What does his word say he is. Preacher where are you getting all that. Where are you getting all that. Here's here's where I want you to get. The Bible says. This is coming from Jesus' own words. Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. They are they. Which testify of me. Listen, if you're not getting, if you're not getting your information from the word, you're getting your information from a wrong source. I, I, I see it all the time. I see it on social media. I see it on TV. Well, God is, and then they'll go on this tirade of who they think God is. And none of it can be supported by his word. This is what's happened. Instead, instead of us being created in his likeness. We've tried to create God in our likeness. We've tried to make God who we want him to be. And we want him to act like we want him to act. And instead of of adjusting our lives according to this book, we've tried to adjust this book to the lifestyle we prefer to lead. Listen, do you know the God of the Bible? Do you know the truth? Well, be how to know it. How to know it? We said what to know. We need to know God's purpose. We need to know God's person. We need to know Him. We need to know Him. Knowing Him will change your life. Isaiah, when he when he got an up close glimpse of who God really was, he said, "Woe is me. Woe is me." I'm telling you America needs a wake up call. We need a we, we America's churches need a wake up call. We live any old way we want to live and 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 th- anyway. Let's let's go. I'm not going to finish here. How do we, how do we know it? What do we need to know? We need to know God's will. We need to know God's person, God's purpose and God's person. The only way to know God's person is to know his book. The only source, now listen real good, the only source where you're going to find real credible truth about who God is, how he is, listen, everything that you can get or everything you need to know about God or that he chooses to let you know will be found in his word, period. No other source. Don't don't come to me and say, oh, so-and-so had a dream and this is what what he sees God to be. I don't care what so-and-so's dream is. I don't care what so-and-so's vision is. If it's not supported by this book, if it's not supported by what these scriptures say, it's hogwash. Go to the book. You need to know the book. You need to know the scriptures. But how do we do it? there's two words I want you to see in this verse. Okay. Look at verse number nine. He said, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Watch these, watch these two phrases in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, wisdom and spiritual understanding, wisdom, spiritual understanding. Now, the Greek words for those two things, it's kind of they're kind of synonymous, but they're just a little different. All right. And I, I put in your notes uh, wisdom here in this particular verse. It means discerning information, discerning information. In other words, to collect and organize principles, to collect and organize principle. In other words, you open this book. And and remember, this is a spiritual deal. This is he, he is praying to God to help with this, to give them wisdom. All right. So he's praying that they will have the ability to look in the word, collect information and organize principles, create doctrine from his word. So basically, basically what Paul's praying for is that they'll be able to go into God's word and learn something. That's what he's saying. Collect information and organize principles, discerning information. So it's the ability to glean, to take information and learn information. All right. Then spiritual understanding, spiritual understanding. This literally means the applying of the information to everyday life, applying the information to everyday life. Now, what does that mean? He is praying that the young Christians at this this, this, this really uh, brand new church in Colossae, that they will be able to go into God's Word and gather truth, gather information, put together doctrine and principles so that they can turn and use it in real life, apply it to their life, apply it to their living. Do you get that? He is praying that they'll be able to go to God's Word, Take and glean from his word and apply it to their life. Now, here's what I want you to write down. Here's like one, two, three, three things, three things real quick, real quick. I said earlier, I said earlier, what to know, what to know. I need to know God's will, right? Now I'm not going to rehash all that because I don't have time, but go back and listen to it again. I need to know God's will. Paul's praying that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Then he said, increasing in the knowledge of God, that's in verse 10, increasing in the knowledge of God. So God doesn't just want me to know his purpose and plan for my life. He wants me to know his person, who he is. And guess what? The more I know him, the more or or the easier it will be to understand his complete will for my life and his direction for my life. The closer I get to God, the easier it is to follow him. Have, have you ever been, when, when we were in Israel, <clears throat> when we were in Israel, uh, when you're, when you're going through the streets there and, and uh, uh, in, different places, sometimes it's, it gets crowded and, and, uh, and people, people get in. you know, sometimes you don't, the, the group kind of spaces, spreads out a little bit. And, uh, and, and if you're not careful, if you're not paying attention, it, it he kind of gets the, 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 the guide kind of gets kind of hard to, to follow if you're not close. But do you realize the closer to him you get, the easier it is to follow? Well, God's the same way. The more you know him, the more and closer you get to him, the easier it is to follow. The easier it is to recognize his voice. If I'm on if I'm on the other side of the building and there's a bunch of people talking in here and and and, and Tammy tries to get my attention, it's it's, it's kind of hard to distinguish her with all the all the other voices and maybe I don't hear, but if I'm standing right in front of her, I don't have no issue at all. The closer I am, the easier it is to recognize the easier it is to hear the easier it is to follow and know which direction God's going in my life. So he wants me to know him. Now, how, how, how do I do that? That's the first, the first point was what we need to know. And this is how we know it. This is how we know. it. I'm gonna give you three things real quick. How am I going to know? How am I going to get that wisdom and spiritual understanding that he's referencing in verse number nine? First. Write this down. Scriptures are required. Scriptures are required. Scriptures are required. If you want to know God. You got to have the scriptures. Not somebody's devotional. Not somebody's book. Not what somebody wrote a novel about who they think God is and they think God anyway. Anyway, it, it, don't, base, don't base your theology of God on what somebody wrote in the, in, the, in the shack book. Listen, don't base your theology of God on what Oprah said on TV. Don't, don't base who you think God is by, by what you hear at the beauty parlor or the barbershop. Listen, I don't even don't even completely trust what mama or papa told you cuz mama or papa may have been confused. The the only source that you need to go to confirm who God is and what God wants for your life is the scriptures. You cannot know God without the scriptures. Say it to whoever's beside you, right there in your living room. You cannot know God outside of the scriptures. People have visions all the time. People have visions all the time. And those visions conflict. So who's right? Those visions conflict with each other. There's been all kinds of people now has done gone to heaven and come back. And they all writing in a book so they can make money. And, and they conflict. So how, how are you going based on what you believe? All of us, it's garbage. Listen, the book, the scriptures, God's holy word is all you need. It's all you need. So we got to start with the scriptures. We got to start with the scriptures. Now, number two, number two. Well, let me read. Let me read. Let me read. Jesus said, Jesus said, search the scriptures. Say that with me. Search the scriptures. Say it again. Search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they what the scriptures they are they the scriptures which testify of me. You want to know about me Jesus says search the scriptures. You want to know what I think search the scriptures. You know you want to know what I did search the scriptures. You want my plans for the future search the scriptures. And and, and let me say this. What about all the what about all the, the the prophets? What about all the prophets that prophesied that Trump was going to be reinstated and there's gonna everybody's going to be arrested and all of that? What is that? False prophecy. If a prophet's wrong one time, he's a false prophet. Now listen, don't base what you believe on what somebody says, some extracurricular or outside of the scriptures vision or prophecy. Stick. With the scriptures. Stick with the scriptures. Listen, if you're gonna know God, you gotta start with the scriptures. Then B. Not only are the scriptures required, but the spirits required. The Holy Spirit is required. The Bible says in First Corinthians two ten, but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. By his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, uh, or excuse me, what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. First John two twenty seven. But the anointing, that's talking about the Holy Spirit, the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but of the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. What's going? To, what, what's that mean? The Holy Spirit will unlock this book to you. This is not. Listen, this is not the Wall Street Journal. It's not Time Magazine. Don't think you're going to snatch up your Bible and read it like it's a newspaper. It's God's living Word. And it's going to be revealed by His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit will illuminate the truth and offer these pages into your soul. As you, as you listen, uh, 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 as you engraft His Word into your heart and into your soul, He will help you understand it. He will help you see the truths that are there. Trust in the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can't you can't know the Scriptures without the, 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 the help and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. So pray before you read. Say, God, help me understand this. Holy Spirit, guide my thoughts, guide my mind, guide my thinking. If we're going to know God, the scriptures are required. The scriptures are required. Not only are the scriptures required, but the spirits required. We gotta have the Holy Spirit's guidance. Then Look here. Then study is required. Study is required. Two out of the three. Two out of the three is God. A third of it's you. I, I, I'm ashamed to say this. And I hope mom and dad are taking a break tonight and not listening. Uh, but my senior year in high school... My last my last uh, class of the day was marine biology, and I had all my credits. I didn't I didn't need the class, and I kind of kind of slept in the class and didn't pay attention. I'm ashamed of that, and I don't recommend that to nobody. I wish I hadn't have done it. But Mr. Priest was the was the teacher, and and I I, I remember one day I, I was it was the last day I was wore out, and I had my head down on the book. The book was closed, and I had my head down on the book snoring away. And and Mr. Priest came by, he was the cool, coolest dude in the world. He come by, tapped on my desk, and he said, now, 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 Mr. Carter, this is marine biology, but I need you to understand that this knowledge don't work by osmosis. In other words, he's saying this knowledge ain't going to soak up into your head, all right? And, and let me tell you something. You say, oh, I've got my Bible and I carry my Bible. Well, it's not going to help you until you open it and read it. You say the truth shall make me free. No, it says when you know the truth, when you know the truth, it'll make you free. But you got to know it. You got to make an effort. Look, I, I looked up two words, two words here. Study and search. The Bible says uh, 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 in 2 Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect. That means you have everything you need in the scriptures. You don't need somebody's extra vision. You don't need somebody's extra prophecy. Everything you need to be what God wants you to be, to do what God wants you to do is found in his word. That's what it it says. You are thoroughly Furnished, not just furnished, thoroughly, completely. you got everything you need. Furnished unto all good works. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, I took two words. Search, because he said search the scriptures. You want to know about Jesus? You want to know about God? Search the scriptures. Okay. And then he says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Now look them two words up. Here's what it says. Study, study means to make effort, be diligent, to make effort. Search means to seek, to investigate. You know what the Bible says? There was a group of people that Paul preached to. And you know what they did? They searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so what Paul was saying. Listen, when I preach on Sunday, are you searching the scriptures Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Is the only spiritual meal you get on Sunday? If that's so, you're starving to death. You need to know God. But you can't know him without making an effort. You can't know him like he wants you to know him. Unless you're willing to be diligent and make an effort. You got to make an effort. You got to open your Bible. You got to actually try to read it. Try to study it. Be diligent. Say, why is all this so important? Look at our nation. Look at our nation. I want to read a verse to you. Proverbs 19, two says also that the soul be without knowledge. It is not good. In other words, when a person has no knowledge, it's not good. It says in Hosea four, six, it says, my people, my people are destroyed. You see that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Let me tell you what's going on in America America is godless. America is so ungodly right now, they don't know God. They don't know God. The politicians don't know God. Listen, Republicans and Democrats don't know God. They claim it, they claim it to get your vote. But there's no way they could do what they do if they knew the God of the Bible. America is being destroyed for lack of knowledge. And it starts at the church house. It starts at the church house. Do you know him? How well do you know him? How well do you know him? Oh, I've been saying I didn't ask how long you've been saved. I'm saying how, how, how good do you know him? Are you close enough to know his still small voice? Listen, do you know him enough to have peace in your heart? Remember, peace is the du- direct linking up of your life to the will of God. The Bible says in Ephesians, and this. I'll read this and we'll pray. Ephesians 4.13, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. There it is. The knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man. Perfect means complete, mature, developed. Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. He, in, that, in that chapter, in Ephesians chapter number four, he's talking about the teachers and the pastors and the evangelists and the apostles and prophets that God gave the church. And he says he, 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 they are there to help teach and to develop and to give knowledge out of God's word so that we're not tossed to and fro with every opinion that somebody comes, every vision that somebody has, every prophecy that somebody gives. We're tossed to and fro. They're, they're posting this on social media and they're sharing this. old oh, brother so-and-so said this and this is what's going to happen. Go to the Go to the scriptures. Stay with the Scriptures. You don't need anything else. With the Scriptures, you are thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In other words, God said you need nothing else to do what I expect you to do, to know me and to serve me. Everything you need to know and everything you need to do is found in this book. Let's know it. Let's make an effort. Listen, let's, let's, let's be diligent to search the scriptures. Because our people is being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. All right. Next week, next week, we'll, we'll jump into productivity, fruit, that we may bear fruit. Be fruitful in every good work. Listen, be praying for our nation. Be praying for our church, our country. Lord's willing, we're shooting for the thirty-first, uh, and and so we'll still be online this Sunday, uh, but the following Sunday, hopefully, we'll be able to get back with the guidelines and 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 be back in service in person. Can't wait! I'm excited about it. Uh, and so you be praying, and let's pray for our country, and let's get back to the book. Let's get back to the book. Y'all have a good evening.